Priatel. It's the reprobate travel cast. If you don't like it, you could kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the reprobate travel cast, travelers. What's happening? Jake Anarino live from Los Angeles. Well, not live. This is actually uh, delayed, but whatever. We're going to call it live because it sounds cool. Uh, we're available on iTunes. We're available on Blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, a great site. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, they make it easy for you. Very uh, user-friendly site. We're at jakeanarino.com. We have a fan page on Facebook, the Reprobate Travelcast fan page, where we post pictures and cool shit like that. Uh, we haven't done it in a while, but we will. Uh, I've been sidetracked with some projects here in L.A., and, uh, and, I, and I want to apologize to Chris Porter, uh, sadly, I um, fucked up last week, and the sound quality was was god-awful on the episode, and it sucks because it seems like almost every time I have like a cool guest, my sound gets fucked up, but technical shit's going to happen. It just is. you know. I don't care what, what kind of uh, uh, thing you're doing creatively, shit happens, you know, but, and it's too bad because he was a great guest. He uh, made a lot of good points about what an awesome city L.A. is. He actually won me over. I came to L.A. with sort of a bad attitude um, about the city, and he set me straight. That This could be a really cool city. In the studio with me right now, I have an old friend of mine I've known for maybe 20 years or something like Just that. Just Mark Edward Hoyk. And uh, you might remember Mark Hoyk. He's a, a TV celebrity from Comedy Central. Uh, on a show called Beat the Geeks. I don't know if you folks remember. It was a pretty cool game show where they had geeks you had to compete with almost on these uh, on these trivia questions. And Mark was the movie geek. And I've known Mark for years and years. And I know if, if, if anybody knows movies, it's Mark Hoyk. He has a blog called The Projector Has Been Drinking at theprojectorhasbeendrinking.com. Uh, it's uh, projectorhasbeendrinking.blogspot.com. Okay. I, I haven't yet registered that domain by itself. That's cool. They'll be able to find it. Yeah, I mean, how many other blogs are there? Well, I'll tell you, if you, if you love movies, you should uh, check out that blog and, and email Hoyk. He, he'll email you back. Uh, if you, I mean, if I have any trivia questions or any shit like that about movies, Mark's the first guy I call because he knows everything. He's a walking encyclopedia of film. It's, it's insane. You know about shit that nobody knows about. Uh, it, it feels that way, yeah. I have to apologize uh, in advance. You were saying that last week, uh, y- your episode, you know, the sound uh, sounded fucked up. Well, yeah. this week I sound fucked up. Oh, so why, you're not I kidding. don't normally have this gravelly, like Tom Waits's uh, voice. Uh, no. Uh, well, la- last night um, I was I was blowing off some steam. Uh, I'd, I'd had like a really bad night, and what I did w- uh, to uh, make myself feel better. I- I cut a heel promo to an empty room. Uh, that, uh, he, uh, it's like if you ever watch professional wrestling, you know, there's that part of the show where somebody's in the ring and they're talking to the audience and, you know, they're either like, you know, running down 
their opponent and the audience is cheering for them or they're just insulting the whole city and the right. audience <laughs> is booing. And I was doing the latter one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just like... You know, telling off everybody and telling them to just kiss my ass. It was just it, an empty theater. Oh, oh, it was epic. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I, I can't talk about wh- which one I work at because um, when I was doing uh, Beat the Geeks, I revealed what theater I was working at, and like for years afterwards, I had people you know coming there looking for me like I was some sort of circus freak and. <laughs> That's kind of cool, though. Well, I mean, it, I would capitalize on that. Well, it can be, but like you know, I, I've still got a job to do, and I got a boss looking over my shoulder, right, right. and and they're like, "Hey, you were on TV." It's like, uh, "Yeah, theater straight ahead." Right, it's kind of kind of demeaning, and and plus, like, it's never. It was never like. You know, hot women saying, oh, my God, I loved you on that show. Are, right. are you, like, single? And it was never, like, celebrities saying, oh, I loved you on that show, man. You want a job? You want? Can I hook you up with something? It was always, like, these refugees from mom's basement. It's like, oh, yeah, I used to watch your show while I was gathering parts for my robotic arm. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, why'd, you, why'd you screw up on that Tom Cruise and Magnolia question? That was so easy just like uh that was five years ago and i'm waiting for the secret shopper to show up so i can't talk to you right now (laughs) so uh not a lot of beat the geeks pussy you're telling me is that basically uh oh my god it was all jailbait and goth girls man it was well how how long were you on how long was did the show run uh the show ran from um like no, I think November of uh, two thousand one to like a probably about like January of two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So just a year, we did uh, one hundred and thirty episodes. So like uh, in television terms, that's two cycles of one season. But you know that's like you know people say one hundred and thirty episodes, but you know that's a five day a week show. So that's like you know twenty six weeks right there. Right. That's a lot of work. Yeah, you know, you'd you'd tape uh, you'd tape five shows a day. You'd tape a whole week's worth. You know, you do three, break for lunch, do two more, and then you know, if you do that two times a week for like you know seven weeks, boom, your whole season. How, how did they find you for that show? Because uh, you know, everybody thinks they know about a lot about movies, but you truly do know everything. Uh, uh, like, let me give you uh, an example. Hoyk, um, what was the third movie Woody Allen ever made? The third movie he made or directed? Directed. directed. Oh, okay. Uh, that would be Sleeper. <laughs> or no, no, cut, crap. Unless you're counting uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily, which technically he directed yeah, the yeah. dubbing I don't, of it. I don't count that. All right. Well, then, if we're counting actual directed movies, then it'd be Sleeper, because he starts with... Take the money and run, and then goes to bananas, and then Sleeper at the time was his biggest budgeted movie. See, and I could, I could, I've done this before, where we'd be in car trips, and I would just start asking him, asking Mark shit that nobody would know, and he always knew. He didn't, and no, he didn't have to pull out his phone and Google that shit. He just knows it, and that's why you were the perfect guy for the show. So, how did they find you? Well, um, uh, there's uh, there's a uh, great video store. That is uh, next door to the theater. And when the uh, producers were combing for geeks, 
Uh, they called the guy who ran the store because it's got a lot of obscurities, a lot of bootlegs and such. And he wasn't particularly interested in doing the show because he figured they were going to be asking a lot of, like, mainstream movie questions and not, like, you know, the out-there stuff that he was more interested in. But he recommended me. Okay. And I came in and, you know, they had this entrance test to make sure that, you know, you knew your stuff. And I think I cinched it because I challenged them on one of their questions. That they said, who has won the most Oscars? And they said it was Walt Disney and I said it was uh, the costume designer Edith Head. And because I think a lot of Disney's Oscars were either honorary or... You know, for, you know, that they weren't like full out wins. And so they said, oh, well, we got to investigate this. And I think that kind of set them as like, oh, man, you know, this guy. Yeah, who the hell knows who the hell Edith Wynn is, uh, let yeah. alone how many Oscars. Uh, you were really were the, the right man for the job, I feel. Because mm-hmm. oh, I was, used to watch that show. Oh, it was, it was, the, it was the greatest time of my life doing that show because uh, I, I met uh, really great people that are. I'm still friends with uh, Paul Goebel, the king of TV, um, Andy Zachs, the uh, primary music geek, who's uh, he's written liner notes for uh, incredible box set compilations of uh, great musicians, and uh, hit, and uh, t- uh, Tiffany Bolton, the really glamorous gal, and uh, uh, the two hosts, J. Keith Van Stratton and uh, Blaine Kapatch, just really funny guys. That I I still love to go and see them do stand up. Yeah, yeah, you know I've known uh, Mark Edward Hoyk for a long time. We started off in a little improv group together uh, with Michael Loftus and uh, Jeff Gage, uh, Larry Ramey. Uh, these may or may not be names you know. Loftus you, you'd know, but uh, these guys are very. It, it was a really good improv group, mm-hmm. and this was back when improv was cool. I, I know that it, it kind of gets a bad rap now because so many bad groups are out there. Oh yeah, but we were trained by uh, people who really knew what they were doing. These mm-hmm. these people trained under um, Paul Sills of Second City. Yeah, and, and uh, his mom Viola Spolin Viola Spolin wrote the book on improvisational uh, comedy, and. And something that I find interesting about that is um, Viola Spolin writes about how, you know, when you watch three kids uh, playing, you know, pirates in the yard, that they've got absolute conviction in what they're doing. And just by sheer coincidence, because I was doing improv with you about 94. We were doing little crappy rooms in Columbus, Ohio. Little bars, Mm -hmm. you know, places where... Wherever we could get uh, someone to give us stage (laughs) Right, right. And 94 is when uh, Quentin Tarantino came out with Pulp Fiction. Uh And one of the things that he was talking about in his writing process was that if you watch three... Three kids reenacting what they saw on Chips or Charlie's Angels the night before. You know they're fully immersed they're in committed. what they're doing. So yeah. and and now I know Quentin never. I don't think he ever did stand up. Although I went to a lot of shows. You know, and he had done acting before he started writing and directing. But he gets it. You know, the idea of you know, you you know, you commit to whatever you're doing, regardless of how. Uh, illogical it might sound and you pull it off you know th- that if if everyone thinks that you're committed then they're gonna take that ride with you 
And that's why I think, you know, his movies have always been so terrific. Yeah, he, he is the best, man. He, he's awesome. I met him once at a Denny's, and I really bothered him, and I feel really bad. I'm sorry, Quentin. You're probably not listening, but maybe somebody will tell you through the grapevine. Uh, I was just so starstruck. I almost couldn't help myself. Well, uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet Quentin uh, multiple times because uh, I also uh, collect film on the side like he does. I mean, he's got an incredible inventory sure. of uh, rare movies and I have a few of my own and uh, trailers and cartoons and stuff. And um, about, oh, damn, uh, five years ago when Grindhouse came out, he did a month long, a two-month-long programming block at the New Beverly where he just uh, programmed all of his uh, favorite uh, drive-in movies to in anticipation of Grindhouse. And one of them was this sketch comedy movie called Tunnel Vision mm-hmm. from uh, 75. It's got a lot of familiar faces in it. Uh, Joe Flaherty, Betty Thomas, uh, John Candy, Howard Hessman. Uh, a particular notable thing, uh, Ernie Anderson, who was the voice of the Carol Burnett show and the ABC network. It's like, Saturday night at nine on the love boat. Uh, right, right. Uh, has a he does a lot of voiceovers and sketches in it because he started off in Cleveland as the horror host Goulardi, you know, on uh, Cleveland television. Oh yeah, and he and Tim Conway were a comedy team in Cleveland, and then they both moved to L.A. Um, Ernie Anderson's son is Paul Thomas Anderson, who directed uh, Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood, and he's got The Master coming out. So you know, you can see you know some showbiz history there. Anyhow, when Tunnel Vision initially came out, there was a bonus short attached to it. It was an animated version of Cheech and Chong's Basketball Jones. Oh, cool. And I had a print of that. And so when I found out that Tunnel Vision was playing, I talked to Quentin's assistant and said, oh, well, if he's showing Tunnel Vision, he's got to show this short that, because most of, because that short got removed when the release was done, and so any collector who's got a print of Tunnel Vision doesn't have it, now, and I bought it on my own. So I loaned it out, and then, like... You loaned it to Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Very cool. So three, four months later, I'm outside. I'm at a bar in downtown L.A., and I step out, and I look across the street, and it's like, oh, my God, it's Quentin. And and he's there with, like, a few girls and a friend of his. and, And I'd met him a couple times before, but, you know, I didn't figure, like, I made that much of an impression. I go, and... I, you know, wait for a moment, and he's like, hey, I know you. It's like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, you borrowed my print of uh, Basketball Jones for the Grindhouse. I was like, oh, man, that was you! <laughs> oh, really? And we wound up, you know, going back in the place and, you know, closing it down, so. Nice, man. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's a uh, really great uh, fellow, especially if you know your stuff about film, because he really respects that, you know, that. He that he understands you know the mindset of someone who is just you know, totally devoted to mm-hmm. film. Um, yeah, how about John Travolta being gay? What a shocker, huh? <laughs> Could you imagine John, gay? I, I I can't get my head. I always thought he was like a straight dude, but you know I can't. Well, get, you know the 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 rumors have been around. I know. I, I, I heard I was, went, since I was in like middle school. It, it, it's always yeah. been there. Could you imagine? Hey, Mark, what do you, you know what they call a blowjob in Amsterdam? A royale with cheese. 
Hey, Mark, you, you know what I put on my dick before I fuck another dude? Grease. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you remember that great movie I did with Bruce Willis? And which one was that? Look who's talking. <laughs> I stole that from Bob Cook. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> I, I was talking to Bob Cook. He goes, oh, man, you remember that great movie? <laughs> With Travolta and Willis, I go, yeah, Pulp Fiction well, goes, no, look who's talking. No, I, well, I, I was waiting for the dick joke. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I was all like, what, uh, palm friction or something? Right. Yeah, who cares who the guy fucks, you know? Yeah. I don't even know why we have, why people are, are, uh, care who fucks who, but whatever. Um, now, let's move on. This is a travel show, okay? Okay. Um, you've, uh, you've been a lot of places. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us... You've lived in L.A. for how long? Tell us about L.A. and what you think of it overall as a town. Do you love it here? I do. Um, I think coming to L.A. was the best thing I, I ever did. And it's, it, it's, it's daunting and it's intimidating. But when you figure out how to tame it, 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 it it's, it's yours. Uh-huh. Um, I think, uh, I forget if it was uh, Blaine Capach who, who had told me that you have to think of L.A. as like five or six different cities instead of one gigantic one. Oh, okay. And each one kind of has, you know, its strong points and its weak points. You know, that because it, to some degree it is kind of like a bunch of different cities in that, you know, people who live in one part of town almost never go to another part of town unless they absolutely have to. Right. You know, that you've got your West Siders, you've got, you know, your Silver Lakers, you've got your Valley types, so uh, you've, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the, you know, Mar- uh, Mar- Santa Monica, you know, you've, you've got all these different re- regions. But I've just been someone who likes to drive, and so I'll go all over the place. So you, you know, can I, enjoy the whole city. Yeah, yeah, it's because uh, it's weird to describe a place as being cool for the fact of there are so many places to get away from. But think about the fact that when you live in L.A., in one hour you could be skiing or at the beach or you know seeing seeing a show or at Disney World. You know that the the multiple opportunities for Amusement and distraction are are right here, and and uh, plus a, a great food town. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not you know, not just it's not just an, an industry town in terms of movies, but there there is really great theater. The museums are are terrific. Um, you know, uh, shop, most beautiful shopping. women in the world. Everywhere yeah. I look, there's gorgeous women. Mm-hmm. They don't talk to me. But oh, they, me but neither. Here, uh, you know? <clears throat> it reminds me of that song we wrote years ago. Hey, hey, I got to say, John Travolta's really gay. I say, ho, ho, don't you know? Well, John Travolta like a sucking blow, yeah. Take a mark. <laughs> hey, hey, Melrose gal, you know I want to be your pal, but I earn less than you, so 
you look down on me and oh damn I lost the You got it <laughs> I said don't be mad don't be weak I used to be on Beat the Geek, so you wanna fuck, fuck with me, uh, I will be your geek, you can be my freak, you can be my freak any day of the week. Remember that song? We wrote that years ago. Yeah, it, it, yeah, but it feels like it was just a couple minutes it ago. Does. That's how time flies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, we'll be right back. I'm going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Mark Edward Hoyk, uh, uh, writer, movie buff, comedian. Uh, check him out. www.theprojectorhasbeendrinking.blogspot.com. We'll be right back. I'm scared There's all kinds of fucked up people there I don't care what you say This weed is good, it lasts all day And there's a lady selling dildos over there uh, Go ahead, Mark, you got one? Uh, it can seem very strange Strange but it's fine if you get yourself rearranged Get your head out of your ass And behave like you know your class And everything will work out Hey! <laughs> this is why I do comedy instead of songwriting He don't write no songs you know, I really was better at this when I was on stage with you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when you have the crowd to feed off of, it energizes you, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you find yourself doing things. I remember once I, I was doing a, uh, a show with MCTD back in the day at the Hey Hey Club and, in Columbus, Ohio, and right before I got on stage, I banged my knee into a table, and I'm telling you, it hurt. Got on stage, did a bunch of scenes, didn't feel any pain. Got off stage and it hurt again. It's just your your mind is so laser focused on other things you can't even think about anything else. Oh yeah. But uh, let, let's get back to travel. <laughs> yeah, the, the retrobate travel cast. I should be talking right about. Travel. No, that's cool though. I like uh, to, the the movie thing. I think we had to cover because that's who you are. You know, yeah. you really are uh, a movie guy. Um, okay, so what do you look for when you travel? You know, I, I'm not I'm not particularly fussy. Now, part of that is because I'm broke as fuck. So, uh, you know, I, I you know I'll take the the crappy red eye and I'll do the two or three transfers if sure. it'll give me the cheap fare. I've I've figured out how to like put myself to sleep on a plane and you know just you know, zone out for the duration. Um, the only th the only thing that I ask for is give me enough time to change planes. Uh, it just seems no the way shit. the way the flights are being routed. It's as if you get off a plane and you're in Terminal D and your connecting flight is in Terminal A and you have like you know, twenty minutes to run <laughs> over right. there and if, make your flight. If you're in Atlanta and you have five minutes to get that you gotta get on a train. They have a fucking train in the airport. It's so big. You're not gonna make it. So yeah, that's that and uh 
Oh, just recently, I had a nightmare where, uh, I guess these two, one, the airline that I booked my flight with uh, went out of business and another airline took over their operations and their terminals were like right next to each other. And I had my ticket that said this airline and I waited in this line for a long ass time. And then I got there and you know, say, oh, no, it's this other airline. It's like, no, my ticket says this airline. Yeah, but that airline is uh, – and I and they made me get into a whole other line Ugh. and missed my flight. So – and and because and this was like at 4 in the morning when there's did you nobody the, there. Did they help you out? Did they compensate? I mean, they, they did get me on another flight like about an hour or two later. So I, you know, give them credit for that. But it's just that – there was nobody there to feel because I asked somebody, and you know they said, "Oh, get in this line," and you know they didn't know. Yeah, uh, that just know about these little peculiarities. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I felt I, I felt like Dangerfield. You know, Eastern Airlines thanked me for flying United, <laughs> right? Um. um I do. I love to car make car trips, though. Um, I mean, when I moved to LA, I drove all the way here and you know, kind of parceled it out. And I love just uh, taking up local uh, sites. You know, if there was a, you know the, one of those regional chains that they don't have in the Midwest or in LA, you know, or as the, as they call it on the Simpsons, Scobos. <laughs> right. You know, uh, I love eating there. Or uh, oh Lord, I drove through uh, Texas, and my God, the sights were beautiful. Oh and, yeah. Um, like getting into El Paso, sunset in the desert. I, I, you know, I had I had a good CD on. I was smoking a cigar. I was thinking, you know, if if I had a car wreck and died right now this would be my last image and this would be beautiful i mean not that i wanted it but it's just like this is like the most gorgeous thing i've seen yeah um i do i i i I go to michigan a lot for a vacation time and so i like to make the long drive up uh to the up and you know i'll stop off and have a halo burger or i'll go to a couple of the tourist trap type places like right. Seashell City, and you know I, I love seeing you know little stuff like that, and you know meeting the people. It was it was especially not, that's what I miss about you know having done my show because my show that was ten years ago. Wow. Yeah, it was like two thousand two. It's two thousand twelve. Nobody remembers that show anymore. But you know there there was this halcyon period where. You know, I got you know I could periodically get recognized. I mean, I wasn't mobbed or anything, but if I was in another city and and pe- and people saw me, and it was kind kind of neat, especially when I was in a really small place, because obviously that stuff never happens. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know, I, I I it's kind of therapeutic for me to take a long car ride with you know a bunch of tunes and, and an iced tea and. And you know, get and get away from it for a while. Okay. Um. <clears throat> and I also loved, and I also love to visit theaters in other cities. Yeah, uh, you know, just to see what they look like, especially single screeners, because there's so very few of them left anymore. You know, it's just everybody's. I mean, for a while we had this big megaplex trend, and that seems to be, 
you know, coming down a little bit in terms of, you know, how many screens you're going to have. Now, you know, they're having fewer screens and they're making them, you know, better built and, you know, they're building them better, but I still love being in a beautiful single screen uh, house. Sure. And, you know, there's a lot of them here in LA, but when I'm in another city, I'll, uh, there's a great website called Cinema Treasures where I'll look up and see, you know, the, oh, this one's still open, this one's closed, but the marquee's still standing, you know, and I can, you know, visit them and, and look at them. Okay, it's time for the travel news, Mark Hoyk. Okay. Um, here's a story from MSNBC, or no, no, this, is, this story comes from usatoday.travel. Check this out. Uh, I'm learning, I'm just, I did no prep, so I'm reading this as I go, and I'm learning about this as you are, but uh, the China bans foreign tourists from Tibet. So uh, less than two weeks after two Tibetans set themselves on fire to protest Chinese rule of their troubled Himalayan region, some travel agencies say Chinese authorities have banned foreign tourists from visiting. Now this is really bad news because my brother went to Tibet and it changed his life. He said it's, it's an unbelievable place, it's a magical place, and it's a place not like no other on earth. And to see these commie bastards uh, uh, keep that gem, f- f- that diamond in the rough from, from the rest of the world is, is just a uh, travesty. Well, sure. I mean, uh, well, you know, we, you know, we just lost uh, MCA from uh, the Beastie Boys uh, a month ago. And, you know, he was a big uh, Tibetan advocate, you know, because just like your brother, he went there and, you know, had, it's like scales fell from his eyes and just, fe- you know, turned his life around after that visit. That's, so. Yeah, he, he meditated in Tibet, and when he came back, they asked him about it, and he said um, he likes White Castle because it's the best, but he buys a fat burger when he's way out west. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, you know, murder burgers and suicide fries ain't made for us tough China guys. Word. Yeah, uh, I actually had fat burger the other day here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I, you know what they do there? They will fry an egg and put it on your burger. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic touch. Shout out to Fat Burger. Right on. Uh, now I know why they like it so much. Okay, here's another news story. Um, well, if you're, <clears throat> this, this is from MSNBC.travel. I'm pretty sure. Hang on, let me just make sure. Yes, it is. The, the, if you're looking for love. And Lucre, L-U-C-R-E. Yeah. Um, survey says fly Delta. Uh, I'll read this right off the page. Hoping to score some free travel? You could sign up for a branded credit card, cash in your existing frequent flyer miles, or win a contest or other travel promotion. Or you could focus your efforts on flying airlines that attract people who are rich, generous, and looking for love. And which airline offers the best odds in the U.S.? That honor, that honor goes to Delta Airlines, which, according to a new survey, attracts more love-starved millionaires than any other carrier. The survey is the latest offering from Brandon Wade, an online dating entrepreneur behind website SeekingArrangement.com. Uh, male or female millionaires? I think both. So, you know, they may lose your bag, but you might get laid. Um, you can have my bag. Wait, where, where are these damn uh, female... Uh, well, in first class, where uh, you're not sitting. That's uh, yeah. where. Because uh, I don't have my TV money anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the, but, you know, something else might land in <laughs> no. your lap. Uh, here's one more story. Okay. 
The Romney campaign favors Marriott hotels over Hilton hotels. In other news, who gives a fuck? <laughs> That's what I say. Mitt Romney cares about, you know. Uh, the, uh, the, the, I, what I can't get past, and this is because of you know my geeky upbringing, um, I used to watch The Twilight Zone, and uh, there's a third season episode with Burgess Meredith where he's uh, playing a guy in a... Uh, an atheistic, you know, future, and uh, his character's name is Romney Wordsworth, and oh, yeah. uh, the the opening words of the uh, episode are when he's being declared obsolete, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they're going to put him to death, and I just keep hearing, Wordsworth, Romney, obsolescence, and so I, I, I always think of that every time the, someone brings up Mitt Romney. Yeah. You know, if the Republicans really gave a shit about freedom and liberty as much as they talk, um, Mitt Romney would not be the candidate. It would be Ron Paul. Uh, but they had to cheat the man, and it's, he's blatantly cheating the man, winning state after state and giving it to Romney. Romney can't get, like, four people to listen to his speeches. They have to pay people to come watch, and then they don't fill a room. And then you got Ron Paul, who's got this groundswell of support, and uh, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, Romney, he's the guy. So i got to pick between Obama and Romney. Hey, do you want to eat some shit or drink some piss? Well, um, let's see. Uh, for, well, from what well, if you've got one of those Brita filters, you know you can uh, put the piss uh, in there, yeah. and you know you get something you know decent out of it. Uh, whereas uh, I, I think uh, I think it was the ultimato Brad Salato who talked about the fact oh, that God. you can, you, yeah. That, well, it's an urban myth that you could that uh, you could conceivably consume fecal matter seven times before it became toxic. Who tested that theory, first of all? Second of all, why? You know? But anyway, so this guy... Uh, leave the marquee to side. So Romney's campaign spent over $475,000 at Marriott Hotels while on the campaign trail. That's three times the amount he spent at the Hilton. Well, um, is, does, it, well, it's because he's got all those kids and kids stay free. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> cheapskate. Third wife stays half price. I remember in the debates, um, Gingrich was saying to Ron Paul, uh, oh, I couldn't go when I was called to serve in Vietnam because I had a wife and kids. And Ron Paul was like, dude, kiss my ass. I had a wife and two kids, and I still went and served. And then Mitt Romney was like, hey, I had 14 wives and 74 kids, and I stole money from a bunch of people. So, whatever. Politics, schmolitics. You know what it is to me. It's a pro wrestling match. These guys don't really do anything. Uh, pro wrestling has better costumes than writers. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. uh, uh, honestly. Yeah, I'll I, meet Barack Obama in the Omni in Atlanta. So, I'm not voting. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm done. So, do you want to vote for Puppet A that works for the banks or Puppet B that works for the banks? You know, it's funny. Uh, George Bush, all these Democrats were like, oh, uh, Obama's the, the man. No more wars and bailouts and big government. <laughs> uh, suckers. It's the same shit, different suit. Hey. You know, well, okay, well, so he's... I, I, I believe it was uh, Barbie who said, math is hard. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Obama, I'm blacker than Obama, so cut that shit, too. Obama's about the whitest black dude I ever saw. 
Fucking uh, well, no, I think Bryant Gumble still has him beat. Dude, <laughs> Bryant Gumble makes uh, uh, Barack Obama look. I mean, Bryant Gumble's got more soul than than. I think Obama's faking that shit, but I don't know, man. I, well, well, he well he's a nerd. That's the thing is that um, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, uh, Don, uh, Donald uh, what, um, Glover from uh, Community. He talks about uh, how. You know, this is like the first generation where it's been cool to be black and a nerd. You know that you that that you know, that you can admit that you know, you don't listen to rap. You listen to the cranberry. Dude, if that were true, Urkel would be getting pussy every night. Uh, ha- have you seen Urkel nowadays? Uh, Dude, he is getting he's getting laid I'll tell you. a lot more laid than we are. Yeah, but he's so. not acting like Urkel anymore. He's being himself. If I was, a yeah, boy, yeah, but all those girls grew up remember right. remembering and. Yeah, you know, and, you know, they're going to be, you know, like, you know, they'll let out a queef in bed and say, oh, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, that's that should wrap up the show. Thanks for coming on, Hoyk. I appreciate it. Good to see you again. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm here uh, for uh, a while. Maybe we'll have you back on the show. And, uh, again, if uh, you want to read uh, my uh, musings on films you've uh, never wanted to watch, it's uh, projectorhasbeendrinking.blogspot.com. Um, I've also done some DVD commentaries uh, for the uh, Code Red label, mostly on uh, you know, 70s and 80s movies that are, you know, some of them are pretty cool. Most of them are very terrible. Uh, but, you know, I'm there, you know, trying to make them sound as uh, intellectually stimulating as possible. So uh, look, look those up. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're into movies, then uh, The Projector Has Been Drinking is, is a great blog. I do find it pretty fascinating. So check that out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Safe travels. Smoke weed.